That's hilarious. I know you've been stalking my dad's Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are for week eight of the podcast. It, it is, is that, the month. It is that, no, it's two months. No, it, it, it is, is the two months. Two month anniversary. Um, God, how cute. Happy anniversary. Yeah, one of my flatmates actually said today, oh, I didn't think it would last this long. <laughs> so, and I can't say that I fully expected it to either. But yeah, no, it's, it's been going, it's been going fairly strong. We're enjoying it. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we'd like to thank people for their uh, compliments and whatever that they've been sending across. Um, Honourable mention this week to Hugo Crago for his shout of a Maverick player that we did miss off the list last week. Yeah, definitely. David Warner. Absolutely. What a cheat. What a cheat. So, yeah, honourable mention to him. Um, It's been, well, it's going to be a cracking weekend. Um, Oh, yeah. It's a cracking day, to be fair. Yeah, we are going to have a lovely Saturday um, watching... All three games, I'd imagine. Yeah, and, and a housemate's birthday. And a housemate's birthday. So uh, we've got a good weekend lined up. You'll be hearing this on Monday or Tuesday next week. So we hope you've had an excellent weekend. But without further ado... Uh, we have a special, special person. He's actually so quite special. As yeah. we've gone on through the weeks, we've gradually become more adventurous before we invite on. We've so become we've, curious. Yeah, so we've had... We've had a few mates come on, um, obviously for a bit of fun, for like a bit of fun and games. But um, some of them can play sport, but not not to this. Standard. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we've got an, a former schoolmate of mine and a former teammate of both of ours. Um, to be fair, I can't say I've played with as a talented player as this guy. He's got an absolute wonderful left peg on him. Um, he's a he's a magician on a place kick. Yeah, and he's got hands and when, a step. When you were like thirteen years old. No one else could kick it. He was actually... No, he's, he's dedicated and he's put a lot of time and effort into everything he does. Um, one of the best all-round sportsmen I've, I've met. Um, he's just an all-rounder. Yeah, exactly. And he's left-footed, so he's a lefty. Yeah. So, you know. So, without further ado, we'd like to um, invite our friend, Michael Cook. Oh, Hello, boys. Hello, Hello. Michael. How's it going? I'm good, I'm good. Perfect. Thank you so much yeah, for Yeah, all good. Uh, it's, it, no problem, it is actually yeah. a pleasure to have someone of your calibre on here. I bet you, you made me blush there. Yeah, I'm going, oh, love too many compliments. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, for the listeners, Michael is currently part of the... Correct me if I'm wrong. Well, yeah. no, I want to get Michael to tell Oh, yeah. Name, age, name, name age. age. Name age. So, give us your name, your age, and, well, what you're doing at the moment, yeah. really. Okay. Um, so, Michael Cook. Uh 20 recently actually on the 1st of March um, I'm in the uh, currently part of the Ealing Trailfinders Academy um, studying at Brunel University and yeah currently injured as well so uh, tell, yeah, everyone, my... tell everyone what happened yeah uh, bit of a bit of drama <laughs> in the last two months um, so yeah in January I came back from Christmas and we were just doing our normal training session. We were doing like a, a box kick return type type training session, and just um, just came around the corner, gave an in, stepped off my left foot, gave an inside pass, and um, yeah, dislocated my knee at the same time. Um, I didn't realise at the time, and what a basically what, what a <laughs> got back up, carried on running. I'm, I'm here to be a rugby lad, <laughs> yeah. Don't, I don't feel it, Doc. I don't feel <laughs> it. <laughs> um, but yeah, 
so I basically got scragged, my knee buckled, went down, dislocated it. Um, initially, there wasn't as bad damage as they thought. And then um, once the MRI came in and stuff, yeah, it was it was basically worse than they expected. And there was stuff like underneath the knee that they couldn't see with the like when they were assessing me and stuff. So, um, so yeah, cartilage issue in the kneecap, um, grade two tear on the LCL. They had to um, they had to put a donor hamstring into my kneecap <laughs> uh, to, to to stop the dislocation happening do, again. Do so. you know? Do you know how old that? How old the am- hamstring is? Because yeah. it could be no like idea. a six-year-old hamstring. Could be like <laughs> pulling up in mid-game. And just... Imagine, <laughs> imagine. All I was told it's a strong hamstring. Oh. So. <laughs> well, that is yeah. you just get like that a bit of cramp in that bit of muscle, and you're just like imagine. Oh, yeah, I mean, my hamstrings are already too tight. I mean, like, <laughs> Be well, they, they they gave me the option. They said we can either take some of your hamstring or some of someone else. I said maybe go for someone else's. Yeah. <laughs> Can't blame my own hamstring then. Combine, <laughs> Combine two people together. So for the listeners, what position do you play, Michael, or what's your preferred position? So in, I've played over the course of my rugby playing, or go currently. For, you can say career, mate. You can say career. Real career. Yeah. yeah. Okay, um, so when I started rugby, I remember under 12s and the 13s, I was a big, big ball carrying centre. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, do you not remember? Oh, I used to be one, I was one, yeah, I was one of the bigger lads. I was one of the bigger lads. Give it to Cookie, he'll carry it. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard that since, basically. Um, but yeah, I sort of went from centre to 10. Um, this was Andover especially. Uh, a bit of a bit of fifteen here and there, not not much. And then once I hit like fifteen, sixteen, I was fly half. And then when I went to school as well, played a bit of nine. Um, I do prefer playing ten just because I played there longer. But um, had a fair crack at nine here and there. Um, but yeah, like I think I've been more successful playing ten just from like who I've played for and stuff like that um, over the last two to three years. Definitely, anyway. Yeah, definitely. yeah. I just remember. Yeah. I remember like. If Michael gets the ball, you just get out of the way, really. Like, unless you're expecting the pass, just like stay out of the way. <laughs> we're, we're not, we're not, we're not talking about like being in his way because the bulldozer is over. Oh like, no, no, no. As no, in, no. like he's, just, he's going off on one. Just, something, something magical is going to happen. Don't get in the passing. Yeah. <laughs> I remember getting told off by uh, Ben Maloney in an under 12s county tournament one day because I, I think I was, I got the ball, I ran side, 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 and then scored. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, he was. Uh, remember getting a getting a dirty look of him so we had a lot of that where we we were just talking uh before we started recording about the uh alton sevens tournament where i'm pretty sure i played nine michael you played ten i played on the wing and you played oh, on the wing. sevens is a bit rogue really isn't very it? Rogue. you can play you with, see me with a nine on my back so well. george george yeah. is what at the, so back then you would have probably been one of the tallest players on the pitch yeah yeah for sure yeah, you then, jacob louis louis, louis yeah. yeah and like Michael and I were for sure the smallest players on that on yeah. that team. I just remember you yeah. with your black and red like capster kipster. No, I didn't cap. wear that back then. Did you not? No, but my mum no. my mum forced me to wear that in the second season. And um, it wasn't you that wore gloves as well, was it? You no, that was gloves. Harvey Newton. Uh, Harvey Newton, yeah, he definitely he definitely loved a bit of gloves. Actually, <laughs> <really>. <laughs> oh, it was to be fair, playing back in those days. 
I would absolutely love it. Yeah. I would definitely go just. I would go back to a Sunday morning in Andover yeah. like that. Just straight I mean, away. If we could step on a pitch with you again, we would jump at it. But we yeah. would. Stuart O'Brien, Stuart O'Brien, shout from the side like, yeah. "Go on, Tommy!" Yeah. <laughs> but oh, I would, or God. your dad on the side. Put it in the corner, Michael. <laughs> in the corner, Michael. <laughs> I tell you what, I wouldn't go oh, back. To, would... Honestly, that did, that didn't leave me for. All my time at Westgate, you boys took the piss. <laughs> yeah. But I tell you what I wouldn't miss is the drive to Vectus, oh. the drive to Isle of Wight with your dad. That was depressing, actually. <laughs> that was depressing. Or, I said, I said, or even, even more sleep. for you, Angus. Do you remember the Lord, Lord Wandsworth game? Do you remember that? Yes. Oh. Um, and he drove us there and we yeah, lost. That was... But and the thing is, we, we deserved there. to lose. Like It wasn't like it was a Oh, yeah. Game. Like, I didn't even want to be there at the, in the last, like, 20 minutes. I was like, my feet are wet. <laughs> it was shit, absolutely shit day. Down, yeah. yeah, we're getting absolutely destroyed. The ref's an absolute bella and, like, oh, it was rubbish. It was, it was um, so mine and Michael's dad's at least are pretty passionate about when, when the game's in play. Because I remember when yeah. I played against Lord Hemsworth, uh, we, were, we were losing. Thankfully, we did come back. But dad was on the sideline and he shouted, come on! Don't ruin my Christmas. <laughs> and then went into the changing room at half time. And they were like, Who the fuck's that? <laughs> I was just like, Oh, dear. yeah, not I mean, mine. Not it was, mine. It was this, it was that game. And we went, we drove to the Isle of Wight. We had to get the ferry at like eight o'clock in the morning. So it was an early day. So, yeah. Um, Michael's dad drove us down um, for a game against Vectors, which we probably on paper should have won. Mm. Um, I think yeah, yeah. Came I off having game, got dropped in the lineout. Yeah, because that was the first you could start picking up in the lineout, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, and then Mr. Sargentson missed like three tackles. Yeah. Um, oh god, I don't remember that much detail, but I mean, I remember. <laughs> I think like, there was your day because I had nightmares about the car home. <laughs> I think we probably all should. We probably should have all been thinking, "Fuck this!" Yeah. Guys, honestly, like, <laughs> let's all pretend we're asleep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I bet, I bet you boys are in the back going, "Yeah, we're just gonna have a nap, so you can get all of <laughs> yeah, it." Yeah, we we just closed our eyes, but so your dad didn't address us. Like we just like. Just get just get back to your guys' house on the chair crying. <laughs> I did I did absolutely nothing that game because the ball just never got out to me. But um, it was just I just remember being freezing cold. I remember the score actually. I think it was like thirty-one twenty twenty. No, it was like thirty-one fourteen or something. Yeah, it was quite a battery. Yeah. Oh dear. Oh dear. Well, those. those I just remember that. I just remember the pitch being a like a cabbage patch. <laughs> it was. Terrible. It was one of the poorest pitches I've played on. But to be fair, yeah. going to Westgate, we played on a fair few. Dodgy, dodgy pitch. Oh yeah, like Westgate's yeah. pitch itself was dodgy. The fortress. Yeah, it's <laughs> the, the Westgate Hill, whatever it was. We we had a special tactic. It was play uphill in the first half. <laughs> see how much you see how much you can like defend and not let them score. <laughs> and in the second half, just give it to Tommy because he'll run down here yeah. and we can't stop. Tommy only he just won't be able to stop. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, to be fair, the good ship wasn't anything special. The amount of sand on that pitch. Is unbelievable. Mm. I just remember coming back and I'd have sand in my socks. And for yeah. listeners, good ship is Andover's home ground. Yeah. I mean, it's it's lovely. It's like it's a nice little it's place. Flat. It's wide. Yeah, and it's it's yeah. it's great for little pacemakers like myself back in the day. It's a slog. Um, I don't know about you boys, but um, 
on the, I always felt way less nervous on the second team pitch for some reason. Yeah. There was like less of an atmosphere and like, uh, I don't know, you the, could just get on with it. The only thing I hated about the second team pitch was the run out from the changing room. Oh yeah, you, you had to like, you were like running and then you were still running. Yeah, and yeah. Still especially running. for the likes yeah. of Alfie Appleton. You just like, you had enough problem running on the pitch. Well, let alone all I, I remember getting there and we get in our like huddle pre-match and I'd like try and give a bit of a chat but I'm like, boys, I'm already blowing. <laughs> I can't say yeah. anything. But um, yeah. no, those were those were good times. So, Michael, if you would be able to give us like a a rundown of what a typical day in your life is, uh, well, without the injury, um, yeah. What do you get up to on a normal day? Fish and a rice cake. <laughs> Wake up, eight o'clock, fish and a rice cake. Did I trade? Fish and a rice cake. Um, it's funny, actually, because obviously with COVID, it's changed a lot. And um, last year in summer, um, the way that pre-season worked was obviously very, I don't know, it was very hit, like, hit and miss. It sort of um, started off really small. We could only go in in groups of like eight or something like that. Um, you could only do running and you could only go in the gym. You couldn't do any because of the contamination risk or something. You couldn't pass balls around or anything like that. Um, so that started off really slow. But then once it got back to normal, it was more, it was more, um, well, it's changed even recently. So before I got injured, I remember the schedule was, I sort of was going in for about eight or nine o'clock, um, doing gym and rugby like skills not actual full rugby sessions but just skill sessions like kicking or um we have a specialist kicking coach called Andy Holloway who um works with England sevens and Cambridge University yeah, as well so I recognize the name mm. yeah he's he's a, he's a class coach um but yeah so I'd have like one to th- maybe two of us three of us with him um on a Monday or Thursday morning and yeah we'd do that and then we'd probably go back to the house, get some food, um, relax for a bit, come back in for about midday, do our training, finish around half one-ish, maybe two. And then Monday and Tuesday is busy for me because I have online uni as well. So I'd come back, I'd have a, I've had a, maybe a seminar from two till four, which I have to go to. And then Tuesday is the same. Wednesday is normally our day off, which we literally don't do anything. We just sleep and eat and chill basically do, do lazy rugby players do, do what we do, yeah, yeah, do, yeah. well do what I do so I yeah, have no do, I have no work so well, obviously from... last year was slightly different because if we played on a Wednesday we'd obviously be going out on the Wednesday Wednesday was the big night for everyone so yeah I missed that a bit but right. um, so is there is there any difficulty balancing work between your your like rugby like during last year was there any difficulty balancing your work with uni work uh, with rugby not really, no. It was so scheduled. Like we have gym last year. We'd have gym proper early in the morning, be like seven a.m. Yeah, that's what so, I have with hockey on the like. Yeah, seven a.m. to eight a.m. gym. I'd have lectures from like ten a.m. to four p.m. and then from five p.m. to eight or something is our rugby in the evening. So there was no clashes there. But recently, with it being online and the the schedule changing all the time, we don't really know. So. When I wasn't injured, uh, which was like basically before Christmas, um, yeah, I had I was missing lectures here and there, but I just had to like read ahead just to make sure I didn't like actually fall behind. Um, but now that I am injured, I've actually got so much time on my hands. Like I'm going in at nine o'clock doing a gym session, and then 
going back to the house for a little because I live, we live like the boys here. We live five minutes. We live basically across the car park. So oh, nice. it's so do, easy. Do you live with a load of the other academy boys? Yeah, 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 we do. One lad's actually signed a professional contract now. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, he's doing well. And so basically, yeah, we can walk in, in and out from the club really easily. So um, I'll go back to the club for some food. And um, we have sometimes we have rehab analysis. We'll, the guys that are injured will go through videos and just see what we can pick out, like guys in our position and stuff. Um, and then I would probably go in for one more gym session at eleven, eleven a.m. to twelve, and uh, then it's just lectures from the rest for like for the rest of the day if I have them. And then what is it that you're studying? Journalism. How's that? How's that going? You enjoying it? Yeah, it's not too bad. I did did all right last year. Just yeah. um, got everything done. Um, got pretty high percentages in like the assessments and stuff. No exams last year for journalism though. Right. So. Um, might change a bit this year. Oh, give, no, give oh, you. It's, the a, it's a skill balancing, so yeah. getting a playing balance with your lifestyle. Yeah. But um, I just remember Thursday, Thursday mornings was horrible because we'd if we had gone out Thursday was a struggle. It was a writer. Uh, it was like <laughs> I think it, it began um, the first first like semester. It was eleven a.m. on a Thursday, which is early. Um, Early with you have a hangover anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if you have like three AM I'd be there with a bottle of water like this big. <laughs> and my lecturers would be like, Did you go out last night? I'm like, Yeah, did you win the game though? Yeah, yeah, we did. Because yeah. <laughs> so um, Ealing uh is linked they they're tied with Brunel, aren't they? Hmm. So so yeah, is, so is there um kind of some organization that they go through to ensure it's manageable for you. Not really, to be honest. Ealing is Ealing is all uh, Ealing look after themselves, really. Yeah. Um, like last year, I was on loan to firstly Isha in that two, and then Sutton and Epsom in that two as well. Right. So um, basically, I would be playing. It was actually it took quite a toll on my body, to be fair. When you look back at it, playing full eighty on a Wednesday, and then sixty to seventy minutes on a Saturday every week. Yeah. Um, which I'm I don't sorry, think imagine, imagine being saying you can. I'm out on loan, yeah. I'm on loan, <laughs> yeah. How professional does that sound like? Yeah, mate, I'm, I'm out on loan from Ealing Trail Finders, I'm, I'm playing that too, so it's uh, yeah, it's decent. You, we got we got a bit more, bit, bit of pocket money from that as well, so uh, oh, nice, nice, it's not too bad. And and it's good to meet, meet other lads as well. Like a few guys would be on loan from London Irish or Quinns or. Um, we play against guys from Surrey as well. Cause but, all... uh, Ealing, Ealing, Ealing are doing quite well because yeah. they beat Surrey the other day. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it'd be interesting to see like what happens when they bring all their internationals back. Mm. Um, see if they play. And, like, yeah, that's... yeah. See if they play. Exactly. Like Some guys have been told that, yeah, you won't really get much game time in the champ because they don't need need them really. But yeah. I guess if they, they do now, yeah, yeah, exactly. They do now. If they bring them back in, uh, if they bring them back when it comes to uh, like the the crunch games, you know, when it comes to promotion and stuff, yeah, they might bring them back just to make sure that they go up. But Ealing are Ealing are controlling it at the moment. Whereabouts were you before Ealing and university? Okay, um, so I was at Sebba School. Uh, for two years big name yeah big name <laughs> just drop that in there <laughs> um so i got scholarships there um to Sebber and i spent two two great years there um played a bit of first team 
in my lower six. I was on the bench here and there. Um, but they had a great team that year. Like they had Cam Redpath, Josh Hodge, Rob Farah. Yeah, I mean, um, we're, those we're, boys. A bit, we're a bit of fanboys of Cam yeah. Redpath. <laughs> Tom, Tom Curtis was there as well. He's obviously our age, but he was playing straight away in the first team. Um, and yeah, so I played a bit then. And then in our upper sixth year, I played nine, a uh, fair bit, and ten here and there as well. Um, and whilst I was there, I think it was probably midway through my lower sixth where the coach said, we know you were at London Irish Academy from like under 13s to 16s, because that's where I was when I was in Westgate. Um, but they said, you, we just need to, we need to get you in somewhere closer. So um, they basically got me into Falcons that way, playing for Newcastle for two years. Um, I think I was injured for a lot of the academy season or the academy games, which didn't help me. But um, uh, but yeah, new, it was a good, good time in Newcastle. Unfortunately, it wasn't kept on or anything. So um, Ealing contacted me and the Brunel Scholarship Programme contacted me. And um, I was like, yeah, it sounds like a good option. And I didn't really have, didn't really know what to, I was, if I was going to do uni or not at that point. So when I found, when they told me, yeah, you can study and play, I was like, Class, I'll go and do that then. Like yeah, I mean, it yeah. didn't seem like much of a much of a drop or anything like that. Like, no, no, I'd... no, not really. As as well, like when I came in, especially the first year of the program happening, we had some unreal players coming in, like guys that had um, also come from like top schools, like Millfield um, and those sorts of places, but also guys that had played a season at, in the Prem already, like two guys from Gloucester. Yeah. Uh, two unreal players, and then there was a guy, um, Ruben Knight. I don't know if you heard him. He was um, he was Irish, and then he came to Ealing. So um, yeah, I bet Pretty... you, I bet you bump into some very familiar faces on the circuit nowadays that you've known years ago. And oh yeah, 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 yeah like oh, um, so Ricky Druitt, for example. Yeah, I don't know if you know. yeah, like yeah, I don't know really what level he's aspiring to play at at the moment, but yeah, like obviously we. <laughs> No, Ricky's a top boy. To be fair, he was in my flat last year in Brunel. But um, yeah, I know plenty of plenty of guys that I've played against in school as well, at school level, um, or or even like through the Exiles program. Or well, I mean, like definitely that. not playing at wet against Westgate. Maybe <laughs> more like playing playing for Central. Definitely not Westgate. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I'll tell you, we had some good players. We had some. We had a class like pack. Um, and then obviously it was Michael, myself, sometimes Sam Ham. Um, one of the best, think... one of the best games, one of the best games throughout all of my all of my playing time. County Cup final versus Ride, okay. and we won. Oh God! If it were, they, I think Michael's shoulders still look sore. He's <laughs> back. Don't you mean back? He's back. But yeah, no. So um, Michael, so Westgate here, my, my Westgate listeners might um, re- recollect this. But County Cup final, I think it was 19th of March, 2006, oh. 17. Um, oh, God. Remember, remember it in the memory. Remember it that one. Jesus. Is, that, was like my, that was like my biggest game that I'd ever played at rugby. Um, but probably not for my That was your Twickenham. That was my... All oh, right. Do you know George's been Twickenham? Um, yeah, so Michael, we won 19-17 against Rise, um, Isle of Wight School. And Michael scored every single point. <laughs> He scored a try where he rubbed it through some bloke's legs, picked up on the other side, and ran under the post. He sounds like that sounds like a Finn Russell kind of. Movie. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I mean, he was he was up against their ten, who 
Michael, you played at County with. Yeah, um, it was like a kickoff at one point, wasn't it? It was like penalty for penalty for penalty. Yeah, exactly. Luke, Luke Margham. Yeah, yeah. but then yeah. yeah, but then you played a similar game like a couple of weeks later against Trojans, where you scored, where we won twelve nine. Yeah, and Michael kicked all of our points. Oh yeah, that was the that was I my last game for Andover. Yeah, that was my last game for Andover. I don't know. I don't think so. No, because that, that, that was that was at sevens. You did no, that. no, 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 no. That was at their place. Uh-huh, I, don't I don't know. know. No, yeah. I remember that game. It was it was on the Andover second team pitch, oh. and I kicked a penalty to go ahead, and then I actually gave away a penalty for not rolling away. And if they had scored it, they would have won. Yeah, I the, the, no, the and nine, then Sam, the nine Sam missed it. Sam, missed, Sam, yeah, he missed it. Um, that was a big game. I remember big game. that because it was uh, the referee was. Um, a guy from school's dad, Roma Lee, I think. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's yeah, a good lad, he yeah. Was, he was refereeing. And that, I'm pretty sure that was the game, Michael, where, I could be wrong, but you slotted the penalty, absolutely fine, straight through the posts. Right, yeah. It was over by a fair few metres, but your dad was on the sideline. And he was just like, Michael, get another tree next time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can't beat supportive parents. I mean, I mean if, if he did say that, didn't surprise me. At all. <laughs> also, I remember even now, um, what is it? Andover used to have the on their posts would have a, like a black dot in the middle of the crossbar. Yeah. Then if you know that. Yeah. Every, every time I would go kicking since then, he'd say over the black spot, please. Over the black really? spot, please. Yeah. Didn't you? Am I right in thinking you had a kicking session with Dave Allred as well? I did. Yeah, I did. Oh. I actually had. I actually had another follow up one. I think right. it might have been a year later or something. There's, if you're oh. looking on our YouTube, there's Michael, um, <laughs> enjoying, enjoying his kick. That is a controversial picture. <laughs> very controversial picture. Why? Sat in the changing room with a very middle-aged bloke. <laughs> with, an, with an England shirt on as yeah. well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah fit the times. Which, fit... which, which ties in nicely with our next question for um, Michael. Fluidity. Okay. Yeah, fluidity. <laughs> That's hilarious. I know you've been stalking my dad's Facebook. <laughs> 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 it's a great it's a great Friday night that's for me great source of yeah. Um, yeah, that's good. a good picture though I like it it's, it's a good memory to be for, fair for, for those of you who don't know Dave Allred he used to be England's kicking coach Johnny Wilkinson's kicking coach Johnny Sexton George Ford yeah like yeah. all of the you big names really all the big yeah. guns um, so, Michael was obviously that good enough to attract him so yeah. I, I heard he gave you a call Michael yeah. so yeah <laughs> Um, so, 13 year old me oh I've heard you've got an outstanding boot on you yeah. <laughs> um, so the controversial picture Michael actually has played a bit um, for Ireland um, if you want to tell us a little bit about that yeah um, so it all started really uh, once I I think it was once I got to Westgate really no it was no, yeah, it was, was it, it was the, so. I don't know if it was that. You Westgate left, you left the year after you left Westgate. So when you were first year in Sedford, because um, I remember I came to watch you with Aaron, um, Jacob, down in Portsmouth. I'm just trying to think because um, I remember that the reason it all started was because of my move to the London Irish amateur team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that and, it was Westgate then, yeah. Yeah, so I was still in Westgate. It was probably towards the end of our Westgate time there, actually. Um, but what happened was basically there's the there's the Irish Exiles system, which I'm sure a lot of guys who watch your podcast will, will like, have heard of before. Down to um, 
<laughs> but basically, it's it's uh, it's a system to pick up Irish qualified boys living in England, um, and since then, it's basically expanded from um, just in England to wherever, like Europe or South Africa yeah. or wherever. Um, but yeah, it's basically a whole set of trials that happened. I remember I was in year 11 at the time and I went on the tour after like regional, then county, then like national trials. Um, and basically got picked for the, picked in year 11. I was playing two years up at that point. So I was 16 playing against 18 year olds. Yeah, that is mental. Play, yeah, playing at 10. I didn't really like think about it at the time. I was like, oh, I can get into the island team. I was like, <laughs> didn't really know, didn't really think about it that much because I was straight out of school. Didn't really like, didn't really like come to my mind. But, um, I mean, it's because our age at like school level made you look so good. So like, you're probably thinking, like, no, I can't be much better. It was, yeah, right. it was a massive step up for me, though. Like That was probably the first big step up. Firstly, going to London Irish Amateurs, because they were like they were playing a national league. Like They were playing all the best teams in the country. Um, and then, yeah, the exile system happened for me quite nicely. Um, I think initially I was picked for the... So after this tour, the Interpros, we played Leinster played Munster, Ulster and Connacht. We played all of those teams and we beat all of them the first year I went on the tour. And there was like six or, pro- yeah, probably about six boys who got picked for the Ireland team to play Portugal that year. Got that um, well-known rugby country. That well-known <laughs> rugby country, yeah. Um, and I was actually picked as a reserve for that that game. I was gutted as well. And I thought, oh, I played so well on this tour. I must be in with a shout. But obviously, like, the guys that were firstly older than me and playing with the provinces like Leinster and Munster were picked ahead of me. So it was sort of like fair enough, like they're good players as well. Um but then the following year, I think it was the following year, after the Portsmouth game Portsmouth Portugal game had been played. Um very in, different countries. <laughs> very yeah, different places. Very different. Um, I think it was November of two thousand and seventeen, maybe. Um just before I went to Sebra actually. And then basically because of like me being seen playing for the school and it being so well known, um, all of them, all of my footage was getting sent to the Ireland coaches, like every game, every single game was getting sent to them. So they had so much to back me when it came to selection that time. Um, and then I basically got picked to play um, in a basically Ireland versus Ireland game in Dublin. I think it was New Year. It was literally just before New Year's. And basically from that, they picked the, pick the squads a lot of politics uh surrounding it because there's a school team and a club's team um and one team english born boys can play in and the other they can't because it's all controlled by the private schools um but anyway for me it was still a big achievement and all the other english born english born lads like hayden hyde for example and oren Oren mcnulty they played with me um against england counties in canada and um yeah, those those Canada games in Dublin were unreal for me. I remember that that was my first first capping in Dublin. I think it was St Michael's Rugby Club, and yeah, we played Canada. Did you, beat did Canada. you play well? Yeah. So St Michael was looking over his own. <laughs> I would say I, played, I would say I played. That was probably one of my better games. Six from six conversions, two on the touchline. You know, Do you, exactly. You can't give me an R when obviously he's played well. Yeah. Um, no, but yeah, I I definitely felt like proud of myself that day. My whole family came to watch and everything. My cousins and grandparents. So, yeah, that was good. Um, that was just the start of it, really. And then the England Counties game, we lost both of them actually in Portsmouth, but it was like played on the the um, 
I think it was the uh, the, the army's Terramet. yeah. Not yeah, but Temeret. Temeret, but it wasn't, it the, wasn't rubbish, even there. It wasn't yeah. the rubbish ashtray which he paid PGS on. No, it was um, the grass pitch. It was even grass worse. Pitch. And it was terrible. I remember really? going there. It was absolutely pouring it down. And we it were completely awful. caked in mud after that game. Yeah. Um, and we, it was, both of the, both those games were very close actually. Um, but yeah, tough conditions to play in. But anyway, for me to play in those games was class, and like I was still a year young as well. Um, so. I didn't really. It wouldn't have really come to my mind at the time that everyone was older than me, but it. Uh, I guess it would have played a difference back I then. Mean, like I was smaller than I am now. Like you know, they all, they all look older than you. Like <laughs> yeah. I mean, when I look back at pictures now, I think fuck, I was young. Like, yeah, I was yeah. really young. So, so obviously you're. So how tall are you? So... Five seven, and I'm now much like more. Obviously, you're more built. Yeah, you're Obviously, wider. Yeah. You're wider. You're girthy. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah wider. But, um, so, you like Sam Hamilton. Oh, God, it's horrible. Stop. Stop. Sorry. Um, uh, but, like, do you ever feel that you get targeted in games for your, like, height or anything like that? Because, obviously, like, people are playing rugby now and they're yeah. quite, quite small. Like, the game seems to be getting more based on size than skill. Yeah, I think that's a fair question. Like, I think through academy stuff and, I guess... Andover, not really, because everyone was sort of only developing then. Um, I mean, you had but... like you had odd anomalies like dug arms and yeah, yeah. And hit other, puberty yeah. when yeah. it was about five. Exactly, yeah. just yeah. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it really ever occurred to me that people would have been targeting me until I really got to men's rugby. When I started playing, when I started playing in that too, I was like, "Fuck, these guys are like these guys are way older than me." They're running like eights, running off the scrum, tumbling over me. I was like, fuck it. It's like, fuck this. <laughs> so basically, like, it didn't really happen a lot, but m- maybe the first tackle of every game, like, yeah. I would have to just chop. And once I'd made a couple of tackles, they'd be like, okay, he can tackle. So yeah. it wouldn't necessarily be like, let's go at it's him. It's not an easy option. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, yeah, my height's definitely, you could say it's something that held me back, but especially when I played for the island side against Canada and England, um, they they were just complimenting my like bravery all the time. I would just stick my head in and basically just... Because like, you don't think about it, but when you're playing those games, you're like, right, I'm just going to throw my body around Yeah, yeah exactly. at this point. So I was just well, tackling... You've, you've, got your, you've got your country's badge on, so you will do anything for it. Right? Exactly. I was just... I think it's just a case of... Um, showing that you can tackle and then once you've shown that you can tackle they're not going to question your height any or size anymore um but yeah then then the size comes like obviously once you get into the gym and stuff and i think um ealing even told me when i got there like listen you're you're fit and you're quick and this type of thing but um you need to get some mass on you so i was like okay and because i was playing so much last year it was quite hard to like really get up for gym sessions as well but then the, the big weight gain, the big like development I had actually was in first lockdown. Yeah. And I came back to Ealing, I don't know, three, four, maybe five kilograms heavier. And How much like, do you weigh at the moment? I'm pretty much 80, 80 kilograms now. Yeah. I was, I've been fluctuating between 79, 80, 81 some days. But before I was like 74, 75. Yeah. That's a big so, step up. Yeah. So yeah. when I came back, they were like, shit, like, you've actually gone away and got some got some size on you so um oh, yeah nice. i definitely feel like more confident now that i've got more size on me but no, good for you yeah I, i've got um 
we've probably got time for one more question and then we'll head into yeah um, we'll head into quiz. six nations yeah. Stuff. Um, oh, yeah. okay. my, my question would be because you've so you've played with many teams um, in various places um, I've noticed certainly now there is a lot of discussion as to a nine and tens partnership yeah. How how have you found playing with so many different nines? Have you had to adapt your game at all? Got to said... a big shout out to Billy Mitchell here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, the Westgate days again. Um, yeah, I think... Or James Watt, it's what you go crazy. I mean, we can give them a shout as well. Yeah, shout out to those lads, the, the ones that started it all off. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I would say it's not so much like... the adapting my own game it's just sort of understanding how each different nine plays so for example there's two lads who I was playing with mainly last year one um, Dan Hiscox who's a Welsh international and Ewan Fenley who um, is one of the Gloucester lads who played for Gloucester um, I think it was, must be two years ago now um, but yeah he two different very players two very different players sorry Dan is small quick like good pass on him Ewan's more Ewan's bigger he's more solid like he can bump off tackles if he needs to, type thing. Um, they play very differently, but um, I wouldn't say I have to adapt my game. It's just sort of once you get to know them, it's uh, yeah. easier. And then on loan, on loan is a bit harder because it could be could be any nine. Like I don't know if they need someone, I'll pull them in. I think I played with three different three different nines uh, on loan, so it's every day every game is different really. But yeah, it definitely comes down to understanding each other. Yeah, for sure. And the and the big sure. trigger word communication. Uh, sure. Oh my one, god! Yeah. One more thing. So we were discussing before this. We want to give a little like mention to men's mental health oh, in yeah. sport and or just mental health in sport in general. So obviously you're first, you're our, like our first like elite athlete coming on the podcast. So like, have you ever had those? You don't need to laugh, mate. You know, we <laughs> wear might, it. Uh, yeah, wear just it. just wear it on your chest, mate. Um, but have you ever had those games where you'd like maybe? not had your greatest game um, but you're trying to make an impression on something but you've not made it and have you ever had to pull yourself up like dust yourself down um, I've never not recently I've never had a game where I've been like fuck I'm playing really badly but definitely when I was playing for Sutton and Epsom uh, they actually got relegated from that too so they pulled a lot of us boys in from on loan to help them out like try and get them a few good games and we actually did make an impact on some of their games and um, get them possibly not a win, but better results than they would have got. Um, and there was definitely games where we were playing and we'd be not getting hammered, but like I'd be on, I'd be basically playing as a ten on the back foot, which is hard. Yeah. And um, well, it doesn't I'd suit look, your game style either. Does not it? So not at all, not at all. But actually, probably I could argue it's definitely developed my kicking game because I was having to use more yeah. aspects of my game and like um, put put us in positions where we wouldn't get if we were trying to run the ball. Um, obviously, at school, Seb dominated everyone, so I was just playing on the front foot all the time. There was two two lads, Tom Curtis and George Barber, two lads above me. Um, they they ended up being top try scorers, but I for a while throughout the season, I was top try scorer, just getting on the end of like support lines all the time. So I scored a lot of tries for school. Um, and I scored a fair few for Sutton last year as well, but certain games definitely didn't go our way and I had to like think about how to play and I had loads of conversations with my coaches thinking telling them like oh I need to be a better team etc etc but 
I think they once they explained, they were like, "We know you can play at this level, but you just need it's it's going to be a good development if you if you are on the back foot because then if you play a better team in years to come." So, what would you, you, what would you suggest play a to other game sports stuff, people so, then? Like, if they're yeah. having a t- tough time, would you suggest them to speak to their coaches um, and things like that, or how how do you kind of cope with having having bad bad training sessions and stuff like that? Um, I think definitely now. Now being injured as well, um, I definitely said to myself once I knew I was getting an operation and stuff, I was like, I just need to not focus on what other people might be doing. Whether they're in my position or not, I need to just not think about if they're going ahead of me or if they're getting more game time or any of that stuff because that just that just takes it out on you so badly. Um, and I was definitely in that mindset. Before I got injured, I was always worrying about who the next person is or um, how to be better than this person, but actually, I wasn't thinking about if I do this better than everyone else, then it won't matter. So I think definitely um, focus on yourself. Look at what you need to improve on, and what your like super strength and stuff would be, and definitely be harsh on yourself because you need to look at what you're not good at and why yeah, it's no, like it's, holding it's, you back. Uh, it's interesting you say that, and I but yeah, I can see how some people might who aren't in the sporting world might see that as being a very selfish way of looking at things. But when you're in the academy, there are so many people. There is, I, it's the, competitive. The English rugby system is an incredibly competitive system to get through. And I, it is, yeah. Same, same with the Irish, same with the Irish academy. It's like yeah. loads of guys in your position and you'll be, you'll turn up to trials and there'll be, so for example, the, the last, the last, actual like camp I did was the under 19s camp um island under 19s never actually went ahead because of COVID unfortunately but um I, I was actually recovering from a knee injury again same same knee but it wasn't as bad yeah yeah you know when you pop your bursa sack in the knee it was that so I was out for about six weeks literally my first rugby playing was back in that camp in Dublin in the National Performance Centre where the where the first where the national men's team train, um, and like I only got there off the back of our sevens um, playing for Ireland sevens in the European uh, Championships in that summer, the summer just before, and um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I knew that I wasn't necessarily going to be the first choice ten at that camp because I was firstly a wild card, not a wild card. They knew who I was, but. I basically played myself back into that camp through my sevens. We actually won that tournament, so that obviously played a big part in me being picked. Um, but I knew the guys that were there. I knew what they were good at. I knew what I was good at and what I had to do differently yeah. to them and stuff to be, basically be seen. Um, but like when you go into those camps, you just have to think tunnel vision. Don't worry about everyone else. You're here to show yourself off, not everyone else, like that type of thing. So exactly. Well, um, as the you British have to just Army like, say, you've got to look, look after and... number one first. Yeah. Number one is priority. So as sounds exactly like what you're doing, and yeah. certainly I know for Angus and I and our listeners, before we go on to the next thing, we'd just like to wish you all the best for whatever happens next, and we'll be we'll be very keen to find out how things progress. And yeah, I'm sure... you better not forget about. Yeah, don't. <laughs> Don't forget who your first. Cheers, captain. boys. No, no. I won't. <laughs> and, and don't forget who. I know. I know. Yeah, exactly. In that season, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs>
So, yeah, we'd just like to thank Michael for coming along this week. Uh, Angus and I certainly learned a fair bit about what it's like to be a professional rugby player in uh, COVID times, especially one of our age. Um, And it's pretty admirable that he's studying at university, earning himself a degree as well as chasing down a professional contract. Um, We hope you guys will wish us the best um, for Michael and his future. Give him a follow on the Instagram. You'll be able to see him through through our page and uh, track his progress as he goes on with the Ealing Trailfinders. And we hope you'll join us next week as we go into the international break for football. Uh, we'll look at the Six Nations finishing up and there'll be all sorts of other chit, chat and rubbish. You know, you know what it's like by now. So until then, have a good week and we'll speak to you soon. Cheers, guys.